Welcome to She's So Lovely, the podcast. This is our third podcast series called Women of Influence, featuring genuine go-getters who create, influence, and empower women around the world. Our mission at She's So Lovely is to connect women, create friendships, and collaborate through sharing our stories. In today's episode, I'm joined by Ruth, founder of Magnify Collective. Magnify is a print magazine and global community for ambitious women thriving at the intersection of faith and culture. We chat about her challenges starting Magnify, Christianity, and the importance of purpose and vision. Get ready to be inspired, lovely. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you so much for joining us on She's So Lovely, the podcast. Um, I'm honoured to have you on here and I've been really excited for this interview. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's such an honour to be here and really looking forward to chatting today. Awesome. Thank you. Um, So I guess let's just start off with tell us a bit about yourself and um, yeah, let's go from there. Brilliant. Yeah. So um, my name's Ruthie McAuflarby, um, and I'm 32. I live in London with my husband. We've been married for two years um, and I'm British Nigerian. So I was born in Nigeria, but moved to London when I was six months old. So lived in London pretty much my whole life. Um, studied politics at university, then went on to work in fashion and kind of concurrently with university and my initial working career um, have run Magnify, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into today. And yeah, I'm passionate about purpose. Um, I love sports. I love watching documentaries. So yeah, that's me. Wow. That's awesome. So I, I didn't know the um, politics side. That's yeah. really interesting. <laughs> so are you still in politics now while running Magnify? No, um, no. I think I take... I have a lot of interest in politics um, and I think probably why I wanted to study it was just I'm passionate about making a change wherever you are, as cheesy as that sounds. Um, but yeah, I realised that politics is probably not the right structure or <laughs> environment for me. So um, yeah, just like keeping up to date with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Everyone told my husband he should be in politics and he said, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. No, what's for you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so I guess uh, tell us how Magnify or what Magnify Collective is and, you know, how did it start? Yeah, so Magnify started um, over 11 years ago now um, and the vision is to change the narrative of the Christian faith through media um, and yeah, in around wow. that um, yeah, have a lot of content, we build community and we're passionate about conversation. So the three C's as long, well as our three S, which are faith, feminism and fashion. Um, so yeah, the vision, I started when I was 19 at university and I think having grown up in a Christian family, um, amazing Christian parents, um, my best friends still to this day. And what I loved about my childhood was that obviously they were Christians, but with my brother and I they always made it clear that it had to be a personal decision that we would have to make for ourselves like you know it's great that they have a faith but that doesn't mean that you do um but between 2005-2007 unexpectedly lost three people in my family and that really shook my faith um I think growing up in church a lot of the times you hear like God is good and like when you have a problem pray and it'll be fine and obviously that wasn't the case at all um so I went to university and I'm very much an all or nothing person so I think having grown up 
you know, going to youth group every Friday, being in church on Sunday, I felt that faith kind of didn't work when I needed it to. Um, so my first time at university was kind of all over the shop, <laughs> definitely enjoying the student life. Um, but I think I came back in the Christmas holidays and realised that I didn't really have a sense of purpose about what I was doing. And also there just wasn't much meaning to, you know, going out every night, spending the yeah. next day about what you did when you were drunk with people that you didn't really have anything in common with. And I realised that, you know, life, I'd seen how short life had been because of losing people in my family and that mm. I didn't want this to be what life was about. Um, and I felt like a light just switched on in my head also and that I realised the true faith couldn't be dependent on whether things always went well because that just wasn't the reality of life or the Christian faith. So, yeah, I guess very instantly had a passion to share the true meaning of Christianity that I'd experienced with my friends, most of whom weren't Christian. Um, and that, I guess, has always been a huge part of the vision is making Christianity accessible to people who wouldn't otherwise have any interest. Um, yeah. And making it clear that being a Christian isn't about whether you were raised in a Christian household or whether you are this type of person, but actually the gospel is accessible and open to all. So yeah, that was how it started off as an event when I was at uni, didn't expect it to be an organization or anything like that um and then we moved on to like having a blog and then doing events and obviously the print magazine so yeah it's just been an incredibly exciting journey because I guess one of the biggest testimonies for me about the story so far is the fact that I think sometimes people get overwhelmed with saying you know god I want you to use me and expect it to be this like grand plan that's like all written down before you um whereas I had no clue when I set out to do an event literally for my friends in February 2009 that we'd still be here and be growing. So yeah, that's where the Magpie story. Yeah. Wow. That's really, really cool. That's awesome. And um, yeah, I think I, I always say, I mean, I don't always say, but I feel like I'm always thinking about like humble beginnings and, you know, just starting and um, yeah, not despising the little things I think that God gives you along the way. Um, like you said, you know, we all want like to be used and then like tomorrow it'd be happening. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's just not like that. Um, so, wow, that's really crazy. So do you feel like magnifies kind of exceeded like your expectation really of what you thought it would Definitely. be? I, I think in a way what helps is that I didn't really have any expectations because I was really just focused on like the moment. So when it was an event, let's do an event well. When it was, let's launch a blog, let's do that well. Yeah. And obviously growing now that we are at 11 and a half years, obviously we have a lot more aspiration. We, we're a lot more strategic in the way that we run things, but definitely in the beginning, um, it's exceeded my expectation, but also, but partly just because I didn't really have any expectations because I was yeah. just focused on doing what we could do with what we had each step of the way. Yeah. Great. And it was more about people, I guess, than it was about, you know, creating, yeah, anything for yourself. Firstly, just about people, but also just seeing where the need was. So, yeah. you know, at that time, Facebook had, I just started uni and Facebook. That was the first time I remember getting like a Facebook account. So that was why the blog came about because we were like, okay, people are obviously online a lot more. Um, and then with the magazine, it was that actually, although people online a lot more, often you've got like 15 tabs open. So you're not massively like concentrating on anything that you're seeing online. Um, so having something that's more physical that you can spend more time with. Same way when it came to like our masterclasses, understanding that 
hearing from people who are Christian, but actually in a more practical way about their businesses or their careers, that was a great inroad. And then obviously this year starting the podcast and seeing that a lot of people prefer to listen to stuff rather than watch or go to events. And obviously that's helped given we're in a pandemic. So I think for us, a lot of it has just been how can we best serve our community with media in a way that is accessible and engaging to them at any given moment in time. Yeah, that's so true as well. And you don't want to just be chucking all this stuff out there and like, you know, nobody's receiving it or, you know, they're not able to read it or take time with it. So yeah, I I love your magazine. I think, um, yeah. Did you want to share some like challenges you've gone through with um, building the brand and, you know, what's impacted your vision for Magnify? Yeah, I mean, challenges, we could be here for the next week. Um, I guess one of the things is just that I started this when I was 19. I'm 32 now. So my whole 20s, I've done one thing. Um, And obviously, like, when we're teenagers, we're still growing. It's not like that. That obviously does shape part of our identity. But your 20s is a very crucial time to get to know who you are, get to understand your gifts. So I think for any founder, it's just really important to not define who you are by what you do. But obviously yeah I've been doing it for like at least a third of my life so one of the challenges is just remembering to always hold the vision lightly and to continually surrender that to God and say actually this is your vision that I'm just a steward of um rather than kind of thinking that you're the owner or that you hold it so tightly especially because it is in essence ministry and sharing faith Mm. um I think another thing is just being misunderstood so when we started it was like you know churches were a bit nervous because they're like is this some kind of feminist church then people in fashion are like they don't like the idea of mixing religion and fashion feminism obviously has its own connotations um so I think for any founder that's just important to get your brand story right and share it in a way to different audiences that makes it accessible but also then being comfortable with with no matter what brand story you tell there'll always be people who will misunderstand your vision and you just have to have a conviction about what you're doing so yeah those would be the main challenges I would say is being so young and so having a very formative part of my life spent being a founder where you're obviously going to make mistakes or you're going to learn stuff because you're so young but you're also in a position of leadership at a very young age Mm. um also yeah I think the biggest one is just being comfortable that you will be misunderstood and that is just part of the journey yeah I guess many get caught up in the influence that they can gain you know CEOs or um you know founders and influencers alike and you know in our world of social media these days I guess what does influence mean to you and how do you how do you navigate that I think for me, influence is the privilege to impact people. Um, And I don't think it's something to be taken lightly. I know that in our generation, there's a lot of a desire to be known or to be whatever. But I think there's a difference between being famous and being influential. Mm. Um, And I use the two a lot of the time. Um, So to me, influence I see as a huge responsibility. It's not something to be taken lightly at all. Um, You know, you have to be careful of your words. You have to be careful with what you share. But it is a human humongous tremendous privilege <laughs> humongous. <laughs> making up words um so yeah I see it as a great honor and privilege with any influence that we have but again I don't think it's something to take lightly and I actually don't think it's something to seek out like my husband always says this phrase that I pray that God never 
I pray that I never get elevated to a status that my character can't sustain. Um, mm. And I just think that's just so important in our generation when if you seek to be famous, there are very, there are many, many pitfalls with being famous, even if it's just within your industry or your sphere. Um, and actually when we see people who have downfalls or whatever, as much as we're all human, a lot of the times that is because who they are behind the scenes, it cannot, does not match up with the level right. of fame and status that they have. So yeah, I think for me, I've just seen it as a huge responsibility. I'm actually naturally probably someone who likes to be behind the scenes and actually running things or be more strategic from behind the scenes um but I understand that that is part of the role as a founder is you are out there a lot more you're telling the story you're sharing the vision um but yeah, I just think that influence and fame are different things and it's important that we recognize that they are different so tell us like what are your daily habits or how do you practice um staying centered on your mission and handling those pressures of um, being in the media space? Uh, So I think the first thing for me is quiet time in the morning. I know that when I don't have that, I'm completely off-centered. I'm anxious. Um, So just firstly, just my personal relationship with God, because I think when you your job is kind of ministry. It's hard to not complete the two. It's not being a Christian is not a career that I've chosen. I'm a Christian who happens to also be running Magnify. Um, so I think my personal quiet time is so, so key. Um, but then also very grateful now have, um, an assistant and I think that to me for my mental health has been essential because she helps me structure my week. She helps me structure my days and just having that time where, the start of the week on Mondays we'll catch up about what's coming on the coming up in the week and how to plan and obviously we've got a team so we have team meetings um but also recently one of the habits I've been trying to develop is to set aside time that is for deep work so I've been reading this book by a guy called Cal Newport Newport on deep work and I think as a founder obviously when you're in a startup there are going to be like a hundred different roles that you need to do but rather than just having like a to-do list that is never ending and trying to do everything at once dividing Mm. my time between time that's like thinking time and thinking about how is Magrify going to run in a more efficient way? How are we going to be a lot more strategic? Because when you're so in the doing, you can kind of miss the big picture and miss what you're actually working towards. So for me now, I've tried to really set aside that time and also try to slightly limit how often I'm logging into emails because I found that before I'm just kind of on email the whole time. And then you Mm. realise job you're not actually doing your job. You're just answering emails all the time. So for me, yeah, that's been a really good habit. I'm starting to develop is to separate, set aside actual working time um, between like responding, but also be very upfront that I was always like, no, I, I don't need an assistant. And actually we should use that role to be a different role. But actually I realized that I was becoming so overwhelmed that it just wasn't sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Was it hard to ask for help because it was your thing and like it was, it's no. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't hard to ask for help because it was my thing. It was hard to ask for help because I guess now I have such, you know, big hopes for Magnify. So I guess in any startup, there's a trade-off between, you know, you could hire a production manager or you could hire an assistant, Mm. but I really, I was not going to be able to do my job unless I personally got some help. Um, So for me, it was less like 
I'm always I'm the kind of person once I know that people are really skilled and really diligent if they're not then that stresses me out but once they are I have absolutely no problem delegating um, but I think it was because you'd always see a need and I think a lot of founders do that is that they prioritize other things over their mental and emotional well-being and that's partly because you're obviously so passionate for the vision you know that a digital marketing manager or whatever could take you to this level. But actually, if you're just overwhelmed all the time, you won't be able to lead the organization properly. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so important what you said about releasing people into their roles as well. Um, because, you know, there's so many things that we like, you know, might not see as a weakness, but someone else might be able to come alongside us and, you know, go further with it. So, so true. Um, yeah. So, You've described it as faith, feminism, and fashion, um, empowering the modern woman, which I just, I love. Um, How, I mean, you've touched on this a little bit, but, you know, how does Magnify live this out? So in terms of the three F's, so we always say that the faith for us is the foundation. That's the, you know, when we're talking about business, relationships, anything, that the foundation is faith and that's the lens through which we see things. Um, Feminism for us, I know it's kind of has different meanings in today's world, but its root root definition is believing that men and women are equal. And again, through our foundation of faith is of equal value to God. He bestows dignity on all of us and has specific plans for us the same way that he does for men. Um, And I guess the fashion is more the creative expression. You know, the visuals are very important to us. The graphics, we take a lot of care with how we present things because we know that that is how people engage with things, not things that look up absolutely rubbish um so for us those are the three f's um and then i guess empowering women for us it's just about telling empowering stories you know whether we have every day like in the latest issue one of my favorite interviews is a couple like not a lot of people would know them but when they got married well just as they were getting married the husband was diagnosed with a tumor that they thought was terminal um and that obviously was devastating and he even said yeah. to her like if you want to get married I totally understand because obviously she was 21 at the time and he was like you're probably going to be a widow by next year and that's a lot for someone who's 21 but she was like no and he said how he cried when she was walking down the aisle because he knew that the part in your vows till death do us part in sickness and in health like she'd already made that vow as she was walking down the aisle and then obviously we have people who are amazing like Letitia Wright who are known all around the world but still their faith is their anchor so I think for us the way we empower women is telling stories from people who you know you might know they might be more famous because we know what they do, but also they still struggle with the same things that we do. They still talk about how their faith is the core of who they are, but also people who are every day who go through the challenges that often, yeah, I, I, as much as Magpie is very empowering, I think it's important to also be realistic that in the Christian life, you will still have challenges. It doesn't make you exempt because you became a Christian. Um, same way in the last issue, we had a lady who sadly her sister and two nieces and cousin had died in the Grenfell Fire Tower. And obviously her sister was her best friend and talking about what that was like to walk through that kind of journey with her faith and be raw in her emotions. So yeah, I just see it as such a privilege that we get to empower women through telling a variety of stories. But I guess the running thread, even when people have gone through challenges, is people who have shown that you can come out the other side and actually faith does empower and enrich you in every way. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, through through 
pain often comes something great on the other side. Um, yeah, but thank you for sharing these stories. They were beautiful. And, um, yeah, so you've just released the sixth issue, which you were just talking about. And I guess what's, what's next, you know, after that, or do you want to talk a little bit on the sixth issue? Yeah, so um, edition six, the theme was courage in the face of adversity, which we'd actually chosen before the pandemic. Um, Obviously, we were actually supposed to release this in April, but we had to delay it because just as we were finishing production, the pandemic happened, obviously everything was locked down. Um, So I think I feel so proud and excited for the team that we were actually able to deliver a print product in the middle of a pandemic. Um, And I think just the stories and the visuals with this edition it's probably my favorite and I hope that I will say that about every edition because yeah. we we'll always, we'll always do a debrief we'll always look at how we can get better but I think with this edition just so much came together from like the stories to the fashion to you know the digital content that we produced alongside that um and next for us is just yeah we're in the middle of edition seven now um obviously working on a lot more digital content um i think for us it's just how do we utilize media in the best possible way to tell incredible stories which is what we're passionate about so yeah that's definitely what is all on the horizon for us that's awesome is there anyone like who's bought the magazine that you would never have thought has bought it or has given you a story back from you know reading it um well actually the way that Letitia Wright was in the magazine we didn't know but she had been reading the magazine for two years before that and even showed us on set how when she was filming Black Panther she had it on her coffee table um so I think for us that was just when I talk to a lot of founders, it's why I always say like social media is great and it's great to have a following that engages, but it's just really important to not get caught up in that because she didn't follow us. We had no clue that she was reading the magazine. Um, And the fact that that obviously, you know, we were able to shoot with her the year of Black Panther, which was huge for us as such a small organisation, but we would have never known that she was reading that. But I think there's just a learning in that is just be faithful with what God has given you and don't focus. It's not us who create the fruit. And so I think sometimes we can become a bit obsessed with trying to manufacture the fruit or make sure that we can see it. And actually, if we just do the work and stay focused, God will do what only he can. So, yeah, I think for me, that was probably one of the biggest, most exciting people that we knew that was yeah that was a fan of the magazine yeah that's so cool the reach you just don't know who you're gonna reach and you know it might not be so through social media but um it's amazing what god can do with you know when you're faithful so that's really cool um so as a woman of color what do you hope will come to fruition for future generations as a result of your life and this organization and i guess i asked that too um, you know, in light of the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's been going on. Um, yeah. So I think for me, one of the things I'm passionate about, I think everyone has their own role to play in this fight for justice. But I think for me, leading an organisation that is for women of all cultures and all races, I want to be able to show that you can be Black, you can be a woman of colour and still build a platform that reaches all women and obviously everyone has different callings but I think so often even when we do have black women in media they are leading organizations who are specifically for black women which are amazing you know things like essence I absolutely love um but I think I would love to also show that we can 
equally you're never surprised if you find out that like Elle or Vogue or whoever are run by people who are white but you are surprised it does always make the news when someone like Edward Enenfall takes the reins at British Vogue because whereas actually if he were taking the reins of Essence it wouldn't really have made global news so I think I would just love to show that you can um, be a woman of colour and have the privilege of leading women from all different races. Yeah, definitely. Beautiful. And I think you're doing just that. So <laughs> you're doing it. Um, awesome. And so, yeah, I guess my last thing was just to end on a bit of encouragement. Um, I always do at the end and just if anyone's wanting to, I guess, start something or follow, you know, their calling of meaning or purpose and they're just afraid to step out, I guess, do you have any encouragement for them? Yes, I guess the first thing I'm just so passionate about people understanding their purpose before we actually even launch out because I would never have said I'm a founder before Magnify and I think it wasn't I didn't my starting point wasn't I want to start something my starting point was I want to be used by God with any of the gifts that he's given me um because I think when you have a sense of purpose and conviction about what you're doing that's what will actually carry you through the challenging times um because yeah being a founder is definitely not an easy (laughs) route at all um And yeah, I would just say that the best things come from being outside of our comfort zone. You know, things that are easy are rarely, well, at least in the beginning, I find are not maybe as impactful as other things. Like even people that I admire, if you look at sports stars, different things, Serena Williams is one of my heroes. I doubt she would tell you that practicing eight hours every day is super, super fun and not exhausting at Mm. all being consistent and stepping outside of our comfort zone is really key so yeah those are kind of some of the encouragements I would give awesome thank you so much I love what you're doing and yeah thank you oh, so much brilliant. thank you so much me and have a great day and thank you so much again for inviting me I was really honored no worries at all it was my honor so thank you so much for listening don't forget to subscribe and stay tuned for our next season on she's so lovely the podcast also check out our blogs online we've got solo for singles nurture for motherhood and flourish for mental health 